Welcome to the Hotties and Horror Movies Podcast, where your hottie hosts, Sanker and Wendy, break down their weekly horror movie binge. Hey guys, welcome back to another solo episode. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. We release a lot of fun stuff on there, and if you're a returning listener, thank you, welcome back, and I hope you enjoy. Today we are discussing the movie Aftermath, released in 2021 and is available on Netflix at the moment. It stars Ashley Green, who played Alice in Twilight, and Sean Ashmore, who played Iceman in X-Men. It's a movie about this couple who basically have gone through some relationship issues, and the wife actually cheated on the husband while he was grieving the death of his brother, which was pretty shitty of her. But in the end, they decided to stay together and try to work past this. Now, they're still obviously struggling and they're going to therapy. And their really crappy therapist, by the way, suggests that maybe they need a change of environment. um, Because the house that they were living in currently is the house that the wife cheated on him in. So they go and um, the husband actually finds a new house. A really, really, really nice house that normally would be way out of their budget but is actually in budget for them it's a little bit of a stretch but is in budget for them now because there was a murder that well a murder suicide that happened in the house now (laughs) it's just me but no matter the price on that house you couldn't pay me to fucking live in that So they end up moving into this house and some strange things start happening. It's mainly the wife who's noticing these things happening and she's the one that's really taking it on board and, you know, getting stressed about it. But the husband kind of gaslights her and says to her, you know, maybe she's having nightmares and she's imagining things. He's not very supportive of her at all and it just, it leads to more problems for them in their relationship in you know their home life and everything now i don't want to go into any of the events that happened right now because i don't want to spoil anything we'll go through that in the detailed plot if you still want to listen but yeah at the end there's a big reveal and i can't really say too much about it without giving the ending and all of the spoilers that go with it so i'm going to stop it here um the movie was actually a decent watch um if you ignore the stupidity of the characters of not leaving the house when strange things started happening and just, you know, the husband just ignoring everything and brushing it off and saying it's hallucinations or dreams. It's just, I don't know, if first two things had happened to me, I would probably be leaving this house. I, I wouldn't stay there, especially knowing that there was a murder-suicide in the house. No way. But I think... The actors did a good job with a pretty shit script. Um, It wasn't the greatest directing either, but it was watchable still. Their character development um, was not really great. I, they try to give some backstory of the couple and their issues and you know um, stuff that happened between them, but it just didn't really engage me and. I didn't really care about them. Like, in the end of the movie, I didn't care what happened to them. And that's a bit crappy because this movie was two hours long. You would think 
in two hours, they would have made me, I don't know, care whether they lived or died. But no, I just didn't. But yeah, I actually watched this movie twice. Um, once quite a while ago, uh, Wendy and I actually watched it together. But I recently just watched it again. I thought the first time, like, it wasn't a terrible watch. And I thought maybe I'd watch it again and, you know, I'd see some things that I'd missed the first time and maybe I would like it a bit more. And in saying that, I wish that I hadn't because the first time watching it, I didn't hate the movie. But the second time watching it, it annoyed the crap out of me. I was so angry with the movie because... Obviously, the first time watching it, I didn't know how the movie ended and I didn't know what the big twist was. So the way that they'd set up some of the events in the movie, they made it seem like it was paranormal activity happening in the house. There was some paranormal presence that was doing all of these things to them. And then watching the second time, I obviously knew this wasn't the case, so the way that they'd set some of the scenes up, it's just, it wasn't possible for it to not be paranormal. And that really annoyed me because it just, it didn't make sense really at all. There were some jump scares in the movie, um, not really many. And the ones that they were there, they weren't done well. Um, there were a few build-ups, you know, trying to build some suspense, but it just overall it just kind of really missed the mark for me um I wasn't scared during the movie I was more I wouldn't say freaked out but I was thinking you know this actually could happen in real life and that part of it kind of worried me or at least it made me think a little bit but like I wasn't scared at all not at one point in the movie was I scared and the twist itself was actually pretty disappointing for me I don't want to give away too much but basically the villain that is revealed at the end we got a little bit of backstory on him but it wasn't enough to build any kind of fear and the character development was just not there so if anything his existence just raised more questions and again the whole thing about some of the scenes being set up to seem paranormal it just raised way too many questions about how things were being done around the house and how some of these scares were done it just didn't make sense and it didn't tie everything in nicely at all but anyway overall if you just want an average movie this is it you know you're not going to get any thrills scares or really any kind of satisfaction from this movie but if you need something to kill some time go ahead and watch it now and then come back and listen to our detailed plot and commentary now before i get into the spoilers i want to say this movie is actually very loosely based on a true story um, but it is very very far-fetched i don't remember actually if in the credits they said it was based on a true story i think they did but yeah very very far-fetched and i'll talk about that more in the plot so stay tuned okay let's get into the spoilers so the movie opens up to a scene where there is a murder suicide happening in a house in the living room to be exact the husband shoots his wife and then he ends up shooting himself 
there was not too much excitement there in the scene. It just lasted a couple of minutes. And then we switched to a scene where we introduced to our two main characters. So we have Natalie, who is a fashion designer, and her husband Kevin, who is a crime scene cleaner. Very interesting career choice there. They have been having some relationship issues since Natalie cheated on him. He was going through a bit of a depression and isolated himself after his brother died. I can't remember whether he committed suicide. I think that he did. But yeah, basically Kevin isolated himself, didn't really want much to do with her, which is completely understandable. Everyone grieves in their own way. And Natalie had a moment of weakness and cheated on him. Now they've decided to stay together um, and try and work things out. But Kevin can't seem to get past the fact that she cheated and is really struggling to you know, get over it or to at least stop bringing it up every time that they have fights or issues. And they've been going to a therapist to try and work through this. Now, this may be the worst therapist that I've seen in a movie. I don't know if therapists like this actually exist or if this is the advice that they give people, but let's hope not. Um, she basically encourages them to make a fresh start. Now, the house that they've been living in is obviously the house that Natalie cheated on him in. So understandable why he wouldn't want to continue to stay there. But she, yeah, in, the therapist encourages a new environment and you know, Kevin starts looking at new houses. Oh, sorry, he doesn't start looking at new houses. He comes across a house um, when he's on one of his jobs. And it turns out to be the house that we saw in the opening scene. So him and his crew cleaning it up and he sees the house is on sale for a very reduced price, which is very understandable. How many people want to live in a murder-suicide house? Um, not me, that's for sure. I couldn't think of anything worse. I would never be able to get, like, even though I would have not seen any of the evidence or blood or anything like that. I would not be able to get past the fact that this actually happened in my house and it would just creep me out way too much and I don't need that stress in my life, that's for sure. He ends up telling Natalie about it and he does tell her the reason for why the house is so cheap because it is a beautiful house and is really, normally it would be way out of their budget but because it is so reduced they at a stretch, can afford it. And after some, you know, talking back and forth, they go and see the house and they make a bit of a lower offer. And the lady selling it ends up agreeing and sells it to them. So they now own this house. Now, the reason I said the therapist's advice was not that great is because of this reason. They can barely afford this house. So... To advise a couple who is already struggling in their relationship to then go and put themselves into further debt to barely be able to afford the house they're living in, to add financial stress onto their relationship is not the smartest advice in my book. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not qualified, but 
yeah, probably adding more issues is not the right solution. But I suppose, to give the benefit of doubt, maybe she didn't think that they were going to buy something out of their budget. So, there's that. Now, on their first day of moving into this house, they have a dog. And he goes down just next to the front door. There is like a little closet area, I suppose. I think it's like a coat room. And the dog is barking at that door and at that room for no reason. There's nothing there. The dog is just going nuts at it. Now, that is red flag number one for me. I would be out of there. If my dog started randomly barking at something in my house, I would be out of there. Both of us would be out of there. There's no question in my mind that this dog can sense things that I cannot. And if he's going crazy... I am not sticking around to find out why. (laughs) Now this um, room also had some scratches on the inside on the wall. Which is also very suspicious. I don't think they even discussed it. So that night, this is their first night in the house by the way. Kevin ends up taking the dog outside. It's like the middle of the night, the dog wants to go out. And he walks past their thermostat outside in the hall which is set to 31 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, for my Australians, that is zero degrees. I don't know how anybody can sleep through their aircon being turned on to zero degrees. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get cold at 15 degrees and I wake up. How could they... Like, they were breathing. You could see they were breathing and you could see the little... um, air (laughs) I forget what it's called but you could see it there and it's it's just it doesn't make sense that they would just sleep through that but anyway spooky zero degrees moving on now Kevin is downstairs with a dog and Natalie notices somebody going to the bathroom like I don't know I think maybe the light turned on or door closed I'm not sure really what happened but she thinks someone went to the bathroom and she thinks it's Kevin And when Kevin comes back into the room, not from the bathroom, obviously, she freaks out. And she's like, did you just go to the bathroom? He says, no. She's like, oh my gosh, Kevin, there's someone in there. There's someone in the bathroom. So they go into the bathroom. Obviously, there's nobody there. Um, It's just first night jitters. He kind of brushes it off and tells her she's having a nightmare. Now, (laughs) again... Kevin's gaslighting fucking annoyed me because if I was saying to my partner that something is not right or that I'm sensing something or something is off and he doesn't believe me, that would just, I would get so pissed off at him. Like, I would not just brush it off. I would get really angry. But that's just me. But yeah, that's more than enough um, activity on the first night for me to say this was a mistake. We need to go somewhere else. So flash forward to another night. I'm not really sure how much time has gone past at this point. But Natalie is the one getting up this time. And again, the temperature is set to really low and it's really cold in the room. Again, it doesn't make sense to me. But she goes downstairs to get water. And can I just say, why do people always walk around their house in the dark at night time? Why don't you just turn on the light? I understand not wanting to completely wake yourself up, but at the same time, it is dark, and I'm afraid of the dark. It 
<laughs> so as she's getting some water downstairs from the kitchen, some music starts playing off a record player in the other room. And that coat room door opens and it's like creaking so she can hear it opening. So she goes over there and she closes it and checks the front door, which surprisingly was left unlocked. So she locks it and as she's doing that, the coat room door opens again. Now, this is what I'm saying with the paranormal activity being implied. Like, you'll... It doesn't make sense. Once you find out the twist, this stuff doesn't make sense. Because, realistically, how could it be anything but ghosts at this point? So, flash forward to another day. The dog's playing with his bulb and it goes under the bed and gets stuck under there and he can't get it out. So, Natalie walks out of the room to grab a broom so that she can fish out the ball. When she returns, returns to the room... The ball is sitting on top of the bed. Again, how could be how could it be anything but paranormal activity? But she, you know, decides to try and look under the bed and they're trying to build some suspense there, you know, moving the camera slowly. But ultimately nothing happens. All we just see is the ball on the bed. It's a bit pointless, actually. Just something, like I said, they were trying to make an attempt at spooking us but it didn't work now as they're going on some odd things start arriving at the house stuff like porn magazines and there were some flowers delivered to natalie signed by her ex-lover uh, which really stirred some issues up between them and it's just all very anticlimactic like they're trying to build something but it's not really working to be honest so one of the nights, Natalie's sister comes to the house by herself. Um, there's no one else there except for the dog. And the dog himself is acting a little bit strange and like whimpering on the couch. But she kind of plays with him a little bit and then dismisses it. And she goes upstairs and she's like trying on dresses and whatnot. Eventually when she comes back downstairs, the tap in the kitchen turns on by itself. And when she goes to turn it off, she hears some very loud thumping upstairs. Now, surprisingly, she actually had some common sense and wanted to leave. So she was like searching for her keys and trying to get the dog to go with her. And she realizes that she'd left her phone upstairs. Now, had it been me, I would have just left. I would have taken the dog, taken my keys and left. I don't need my phone that badly. But... She goes upstairs to grab her um, phone. She goes into the bedroom where she was and her phone is obviously not there. And then she hears um, the phone ringing from outside of the bedroom. And so she, I think she locks herself in the closet at some point. Like there's this whole big scene and like running around and whatnot. It's just not very exciting. But she locks herself in the closet at one point And then her phone suddenly rings behind her. And then she gets like snatched out of the clothes in the wardrobe she just gets snatched into the clothes and just disappears don't know where she got snatched to but um that was another little attempt at making this a horror and it was quite poorly done actually because logistically it didn't make sense to me but anyways a lot of this movie obviously doesn't make sense to me <laughs> 
So that same night, eventually Natalie and Kevin come home and I think they were having her mum over for dinner and they end up having an argument. And as they are having this argument, they hear this really loud noise outside, like window smashing. So they run outside to the front of the house and it turns out somebody has set their um, their car on fire and a car drives away really quickly and says, somebody shouts, you're not welcome here. Along with all of the things getting delivered to the house and then this incident, you know, they start getting confused and I think they end up going to the police station and the police officer kind of tells them that they found this post online about like white supremacy and it was like traced back to their address, um, which obviously they were saying this is ridiculous, it wasn't us, it was like planted by somebody and the cops were completely useless again. So Natalie goes and actually um, finds the previous owner, I think her name was Claudia, and just talks to her about the house's history. Now, she tells her that her brother Jay, which was the guy in the opening scene who murdered his wife and killed himself, he, she says that he had cheated on his wife and in turn then she also had an affair. But his was just a fling and he still loved his wife, whereas... She was quite sneaky and kind of up to something. She tells her that the wife had designed the house completely from the ground up and Claudia just thinks that she was very shady and she had something else going on and she doesn't believe that her brother would have killed her or committed suicide. Before Natalie leaves their house, um, this lady's husband, I don't remember his name, I didn't quite catch it, he catches up to her and says, you know, if you aren't happy with the house, we'll buy it back off you at a reduced price if you want. And obviously Natalie's like, no, we can't afford that. Um, we kind of have to just stick it out. And the guy seems oddly annoyed by this. It'll all make sense very soon. Let's skip a little bit of bullshit and relationship drama. We get to a scene where the dog gets sick while he is out at the park and he kind of just lays down and is feeling very weak and... You know, they take him to the vet and they say that he was actually poisoned and that he needs to be put down. Now, this scene was very odd to me because I think they named the poison, but I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. They found out that the dog had been poisoned and they didn't make a big deal out of it. Like, they didn't question where this would have come from, like how he would have come across this. It's not like it was some common plant or something that it would be in their backyard. It's, I don't know how they just moved past it so quickly without questioning anything. So Kevin also ends up getting sick at one of his crime scene cleaning gigs. And he's obviously throwing up. And when he goes to the hospital, they tell him that he's in ingested a like really rare poison that's making him sick. And... Again, they don't question where this is coming from. Like, he kind of hints that he's thinking that maybe Natalie had something to do with it. But then they didn't really discuss it. They didn't think, you know, how is this rare poison actually getting into my system? Like, our dog was just poisoned and now I'm poisoned. How, like, we're not eating the same things, obviously. So how is it getting into me? Surely there's something strange going on here. One of the nights, Natalie is home by herself and she hears some banging downstairs. Um, 
and she ends up calling 911. But then as she turns, she sees that it's actually just a tree branch that's banging on the window. So she tells them, you know, oh, I made a mistake. It's all good. And then she turns around and there is a man standing behind one of her mannequins. So I mentioned she was a fashion designer, so she's got a little office set up downstairs and she's got a couple of mannequins, which in itself is creepy. I wouldn't be able to have that in my house. <laughs> like, unless it was like behind a closed door in an office, no problems. But just out in the open in my house, no way. Anyway, so this man like sta is standing behind the mannequin and starts walking towards her. But the way he's walking, it's like his limbs don't work properly and like really strange walk again I think they were just trying to make it seem scary but it was just odd so she runs upstairs and she locks herself in the bedroom and then somehow there's a shadow like coming up from the bathroom that's behind her which isn't linked to any the rest of the house and then she tries to exit through the bedroom door but then there's a bookshelf blocking the door and in the end, she ends up jumping off of their balcony down into the pool. And at this point, um, Kevin has also arrived home. So he sees her jumping into the pool and like goes out to help her and stuff. I think they end up going to the police station. And you know, she's saying somebody attacked me and somebody was in the house. They blocked the door with this, uh, the bookshelf. And when the police go and review their security footage, they cannot corroborate her story at all like there's no one else they can see her running around the house but all of these things that she saw were kind of cut off where the cameras can't see it and so it made her look pretty crazy in the eyes of the police officer and of Kevin who already was gaslighting her and didn't believe her so now this just gave him more reason to not believe her and then they end up having another fight at therapy. Now, I jumped ahead a little bit earlier with um, Kevin getting poisoned. This was actually the time that he, he passed out on the doctor's couch and then he went to the hospital. Now, that night, Natalie was by herself at the house and somebody comes um, to the door and rings a bell. She opens it and he like charges in and like, I don't know, knocks her off her feet and like is saying all this stuff like he wants to pretty much rape her. She ends up being able to reach some scissors and stabs him in the back. And this guy dies. Now, at the police station, they're again told that somebody posted something online that said she was like a housewife or something that wanted to be taken by surprise. Um, it's very disturbing. But then the police say that the guy who... I think his name was Robert, actually. Robert. He's the husband of the lady who sold them the house. He actually admitted to um, posting all of these things online and ordering the magazines and sending the flowers and just a few of the strange happenings in the house. And then Natalie starts to question whether he was also responsible for um, the scare that she had the other night. And the police officer says, no, he's only admitted to these things. He has never actually admitted to being inside the house or doing anything inside the house. All he wanted really was to um, get them to sell the house back to them because he was in quite a bit of debt, gambling debt, and the price that the wife had sold the house at wasn't enough to cover all of that. So he was hoping he would get the house back and then try to make more of a profit from it later, I suppose. So the next day, um, 
Kevin get a, gets a text message from Natalie saying it's best if he doesn't come home that day. So he ends up staying with one of his college classmates. And later in the night, um, Natalie's, you know, expecting him home, but he's not coming home. She leaves him a message saying, you know, she wants to talk to him. It's, I don't know, she wants him to come home or whatever. When he listens to the voicemail, he calls her back and he says, what are you talking about? You told me not to come home. She's like, no, I didn't. I didn't send you anything. And so she ends up going to look at a secret camera that she had hidden in their bedroom. And she looks at the footage and she can see, here comes the twist, she can see a pale, tall man coming out from underneath their bed while she was asleep in bed, coming out and grabbing her phone and sending the text message to Kevin. And then as she was starting to wake up, he like rolled back under the bed and hid. At this point, Natalie is like freaking out. And mind you, she's standing downstairs. I think it was in the dark again. And with her back to that closet door. So as she's watching, the closet door is opening. And he grabs her and takes her down there. He um, chains her up, or puts handcuffs on her and chains her to the door. He's got a little secret room down there that has... All of the cameras, you know, he can see everything that the cameras are seeing. Um, he's got a, his own little thermostat down there, which is how he was changing stuff. And obviously he's been living like in this little room in the basement and somehow getting around the house. Now there's also a little wall down there that has pictures of both the lady that was murdered in the house uh, with like her husband's face scratched out. And then there's also pictures of that lady and this guy who was living in the basement and then there's also pictures of Natalie and Kevin with like Kevin's face scratched out so this guy's obviously a lunatic um you know he's been living down there this whole time and he now has taken a fancy to Natalie and wants to kill Kevin so that he can keep her for himself I suppose mind you this man looks really malnourished really in need of vitamin D, a shower, and definitely lots of dental care. I'll discuss this a little bit later and my opinions on this character because, ugh, he was not in good shape at all. But basically Natalie starts talking to him and kind of trying to calm him down, I suppose, trying to stop him from killing her or killing Kevin. And on the cameras, she can see that Kevin has come home now. And this guy is going off to kill him. He's got um, like a syringe filled with poison, I assume, um, that he's taking with him to go and kill Kevin. Now, Kevin is oblivious to everything. Um, Natalie has tried yelling out, but he couldn't hear her. Kevin goes upstairs to the bath and follows like a trail of notes. And he thinks that um, Natalie's got a sexy surprise waiting for him so he goes into the bathroom and the bathtub is like overflowing and then he goes to the bedroom which I don't know how he didn't see this in the first place because he would have had to walk through the bedroom to go to the bathroom but anyway he sees in the bed looks like Natalie is laying down in bed so he climbs in behind her and lays down to cuddle her only to feel that she's like super cold and something's not right and he pulls it over and actually turns out to be the body of Natalie's dead sister in bed, which was 
pretty gross. Um, ugh, I would have definitely thrown up if I was him, but I suppose being a crime scene cleaner has got a stronger stomach than I do. As he jumps up, then that man comes up behind him with a syringe and tries to stab him. Natalie basically breaks her wrist and ends up getting out of the handcuffs and escapes. Down in her office, she grabs a pair of scissors. Um, I don't remember how Kevin and the man got downstairs at this point. I just don't really care. But they're both downstairs as well. And, you know, after a bit of a struggle, they um, Natalie ends up stabbing him with the help of Kevin. And the guy dies. Now, at the end of the movie, um, they decide to move out of the house and we're showing like the final scenes of them moving their final boxes out of the house and they've got a new dog and everything seems to be happy and just as they are leaving and they close the door, that closet door that had been opening this whole movie opens again by itself. Now this makes absolutely no sense because the guy is dead. How is it going to open by itself? What are they trying to imply here? Are they actually trying to imply now that there is paranormal activity? Because they have been through the whole movie and it has been pointless. It's completely pointless. <sighs> Anyways, I'll stop branding about the paranormal stuff. But yeah, this was not the greatest movie. Um, I... Would recommend it for a casual watch if you don't really have anything else to do. In terms of wanting a good horror movie, this is not it. So watch at your own risk. Um, if you have a want a bit of a drama, this is not bad. It's not going to give you any scares. So I don't know. Give it a go. I am going to... Originally, I would have probably rated this movie maybe a 3 out of 5. But I'm going to downgrade it to a smooth 1 out of 5. It just annoyed me too much the second time watching it. Too many things didn't add up. But anyway, that's the end of the movie. I'm getting really angry again thinking about all of the stupidity. <sighs> so let's talk about a few plot holes. I mentioned a few of these as I was going through the detailed plot. But that therapist, not good advice. If you have relationship problems, do not go ahead and buy a house that is out of budget to add financial stress to your relationship also. It is not going to help. Secondly, how the fuck did they not wake up with a temperature that low? Zero degrees. How can you sleep through zero degrees? They did not have that many layers. They weren't wearing warm clothes. They were literally breathing and you can see the condensation. What the fuck? How can you sleep through that? I wouldn't be able to sleep with bloody 10 degrees in my room, let alone zero. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe where they are, zero is normal temperature. Who knows? But how come they never discussed it? Surely, like, they would have left the thermostat on at bloody, what, 15, 16 degrees, which is optimal for sleeping, I suppose. But then two, three nights in a row set to zero degrees and in the morning they just never discussed it what third plot hole how was he getting around the house that way secret passengers i can understand but the way some of those scenes were set up the dog and the ball how could he have moved that fast that closet how could he have moved out of the way so quickly by the time that she opened the door 
It doesn't make sense, especially given the fact that we saw a scene of him running and he runs like a bloody newborn giraffe. How was he moving so quickly? Does not make sense. And talking about secret passages, they take up a lot of space. The walls, they must have thought the walls were thick as fuck because how would they not notice that much missing space in the house? And he must have had passages everywhere because he was appearing in the bathroom. Again, where from? But he was appearing in the bedroom. Like, was there a trap door on the bottom of the bedroom floor? Uh, it just, there's too many instances where this doesn't make sense. Okay, plot hole number five, I think. Why was the dog barking at, like, empty spaces? Because if it wasn't paranormal activity, and obviously the dog couldn't see this guy, and it was barking in, like, corners where there definitely wouldn't be a secret passage, so it's not like he sensed his presence. So why was the dog going crazy? Doesn't make sense. Also, where did he get a powerful toxin from to poison both the dog and Kevin? It's not like he was ordering supplies or going out to the mall. Like, (laughs) how was he funding this as well? He doesn't have a job, obviously. He lives in a basement. How? How? Plot hole number eight? The house was empty after that murder until they moved in. It was empty for at least like a month. So how was this guy getting any food? Was he ordering Uber Eats? Like, what was he doing to sustain himself? Also, what was the end goal? Was he just waiting there, living in the basement, hoping some other hot chick was going to move into the house that he can seduce? Like, why didn't he just leave? Surely he could have made a better life for himself. Like, why didn't he just leave after he killed... So, I don't know whether I mentioned this before. He was the one who killed the lady and her husband. It wasn't a murder-suicide. He, I think she wanted to stay with the husband and then he got jealous or, like, he'd given up so much to be with her or he was annoyed. So he killed them both. But then why did he stay in the house? Why didn't he just leave and move on with his life? And then... His appearance, like how long must have he lived in that basement to look the way that he did? He looks manic and he had, his teeth were all rotten, like the kind of rot that you get after 10, 15 years of not brushing your teeth. It wasn't anything, it wasn't just cavities, it was bad. And he was so slim and malnourished and just lacking vitamin D and... I don't understand how he got to that point or why he would let himself go to I understand being crazy, but why would you put yourself through that? For what? For this lady that's going to give you attention every now and then? To live in a fucking basement? And what kind of mental state must have he been in to agree to this in the first place? Because looking at those pictures, he looked like a pretty normal dude to me. And then suddenly he's turned into this? Ugh. No, no, nobody is worth that. Wow, that lady could not have been that great. Anyway, I think I should wrap this up before I get any angrier with this movie. I'm going to go give it a thumbs down on Netflix. I hope you do too. But 
give this podcast a thumbs up on YouTube, everywhere else. I apologize if I've ranted a little bit too much. I have had some wine tonight. Um, I am recording a little bit in advance because this weekend is my birthday. Next week is Wendy's birthday. So I will be celebrating. I will not be thinking about podcasts. I thought I'd get this done. I think it's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday today for me. So it'll be almost a week by the time you hear this. Uh, I hope I don't have a hangover tomorrow. And I hope you come back next week and enjoy.